Hello and welcome to Talking Upward, the show where we discuss all things TRIO and explore the critical aspects of TRIO programs, including higher education, scholarships, and policy. Ultimately, we discover what educators and students need to know by examining our shared experiences and discuss how we all can stay on a path upward. I'm your host, Reggie Holyfield, and today I'm really excited to have two special guests, my lifelong friends, my brothers. My UB classmates, Mr. Nick Preston, Mr. Damian Mitchell. Without further ado, let's welcome them to the podcast. Hey guys, how are you doing? I'm well, brother man, no complaints, man. Everything's going well this way. Yeah, it's good to hear. So, just really quickly, I mean, it's been a while. It's been a minute since you know we've <laughs> gotten together and, and had a conversation and just talked. You know. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves, tell the people what you do, where you went to school, those types of things. Oh, yeah, man. Cool. Um, so I'm Damian Mitchell. Uh, if you, you recognize the voice, if, I feel like if you listen to sports radio, I'm pretty sure you've heard, heard of me. But um, I'm Damian Mitchell. I'm a Maplesville High School graduate um, in class of 2014 and also a 2018 graduate of Birmingham Southern College. Um, right now, I'm a host and producer for um, Jock 94.5. So uh, basically, when it comes down to it, I sit around and talk about sports all day. So I know that doesn't sound like the most uh, appealing of jobs, but it's something that it's uh, it's fun. I get to do it. Uh, it's, it's been a blessing to get a chance to do for a couple of years now. And um, I, I played football and ran track at Southern for uh, my time while I was there. So I've been around. You know, I've been an athlete my entire life, so this is kind of like the period of time where I'm not physically going out there and doing everything, but I'm just as committed as I was when I was playing. So, yeah, I'm, see, again, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm taking up all the time. I work in radio, man, so one thing I know I can do is talk. That's <laughs> one thing I know I can do. So I, I don't want to get too carried away, not forget one of our extra guests, uh, Nick. Um, but, yeah, so that's just wrapped up my, my little bio, I guess you would say. Right. All right. I'm Nick Preston. I am a uh, 2014 Bibb County High School graduate. I uh, went to the University of Montevallo. I graduated from there in 2018 with my bachelor's degree and then in 2020 with my uh, master's degree. I am currently a college and career coach for Jefferson County Schools. And so Basically, what I do is I kind of help our students, once they graduate, find a plan to be productive citizens once they graduate. And so whether that be them entering, you know, the uh, higher education uh, route or if they choose to go the career industry route or military, uh, we definitely sit down and try to figure out a plan uh, or course of action of what they're going to do on the time they graduate or the time they walk across that stage. So that way, as I mentioned, they will be productive citizens. And so that's basically a little bit uh, about me. You know, I'm sitting back here and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm surrounded by greatness. You guys have some tremendous backgrounds and bios. So thank you for sharing that. First of all, uh, the first thing I'd like to address is <clears throat> we are the future. Okay. We, we are all alumnus or alumni of the Upward Bound program at the University of Montevallo. And we are all young African-American males who 
graduated from college, first of all, and secondly, are, you know, starting our careers out. So could, could you guys talk about maybe your experience in undergrad and maybe some of the things, some of the transitions that happen between high school and college or college to life? So I know that, you know, Damien's perspective uh, is going to be a little different in terms of, you know, him being an athlete. But can you guys kind of just talk to that point? Yeah, man. Uh, shoot, I, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to describe it. It's almost just you start feeling it out as you go. So as a guy from Maplesville, Alabama, originally, like I try to explain to people all the time. I've heard the term small town USA, small town USA. Well, I lived it. So I went to a 1A school. So I, I saw the same halls from kindergarten through 12th grade my my entire life. I saw the same people, same Man. everything. And you kind of get engulfed in a, in a bubble in the way that you're kind of raised up and brought up. And, you know, I, I knew I knew at a young age that I wanted to be bigger than what I have in my small town. Like, I just knew I couldn't accomplish all of my dreams and still live in Maplesville for the rest of my life. And you can ask anybody that has ever met me. I always tell people I wanted to work at ESPN. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know when I was going to get there, like how long it was going to take for me to get there. I just knew I wanted to be there at some point, at some point. I didn't know the path I wanted to take. I just knew I wanted to be on ESPN. Either I was making plays, calling the plays, or somewhere behind the scenes putting in work. So I, I say that, and, you know, I got a chance to go to Birmingham Southern, uh, a school that is, I mean, night and day different from what I experienced in Maplesville, you know, getting the chance to meet different people from so many different backgrounds and just really and truly expanding. I, I've, I've recently taken a, taken a nice hold to a quote I heard from Fred Taylor, who's the host of, who's an NFL running back. And he's a host of one of the, uh, one of the really one of the best podcasts I, I listen to just about every day. Some called the pivot with Ryan Clark and, Channing Crowder, and they're all former NFL players, and they get a chance to talk to, you know, celebrities and whatnot. And he, there's a quote that he says that exposure leads to expansion. And that is something that I didn't realize I was living through ever since I left Maplesville, Alabama. Ever since I left Maplesville, I've been exposed to more things, and I've gotten a chance to truly just grow as a person. And I think that, you know, really finding myself in undergrad, like you said, being a, being a former athlete where I've had so much structure, my entire life like I didn't people people thought I was crazy when I was telling them that I wasn't used to free time like I was I was used to okay well if I'm not in season I know I got to work out at eight you know I got to find a way to you know wake up eat breakfast go get me a workout in then come back and do a normal class day then we may have position meetings or something or we may have like a, a group a group event going on where I'm always around or always doing something that I know strategically that I have a, an end goal. So when I got done playing, I was kind of under the impression of, okay, well, it should be easy to boom, just say, okay, I got a Birmingham Southern communications degree. I should be able to just walk out there and a job should just be flowing. I should be able to, I should be having to turn down offers from people because I've, I, you know, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. That is not how life works. I learned that quickly. So after graduation, I started off as a sports editor in a newspaper. I started off as a newspaper, the sports editor at the Trussell Tribune. And 
I mean, I just needed a job. I was 22 years old. I needed something in the field in which I was working in. Right. And I knew right. I wanted to stay around. I want. I knew I want to stay around athletics. I knew I want to stay around sports because that's just something I know. That's been my life for as long as I can truly remember. So I wanted to stay around there. And I kind of just took the first opportunity I was given. And there are a lot of things people tell you that you you know you don't know what you don't know. And really and truly, in that phase of my life, I was just trying to network and try to get to know as many people as I possibly could and get a chance to you know shake hands and meet different people amongst the sports media outlets and a lot of local reporters and things like that. In my mind, I'm thinking, man, I see you on, on TV every day. I get a chance to see you on Fox 6 and NBC 13 or CBS 42. And so if I get to see you every single day on television, you've got to be living the dream and not realizing what all it takes to fulfill or get into the necessary, the necessary lane in order to go where you want to be. And I think it's extremely valuable really and truly to keep a team with you that you know keeps you grounded, keeps you moving, and really keeps you going. Because I feel as though energy and greatness attract energy and greatness. Like anything that you want really out of life, if you surround yourself with it, or people that are like-minded as you, or people that have certain aspects of where you may be lacking, and you really want to grow as a person, you'll keep those people around you. Because there's, I mean, a, a lot of people have blinders on. We all have blinders where we'll, we think we have everything kind of figured out and we lose that sense of, okay, well, I just didn't make it by myself. I just didn't make this by myself. How did I get to where I'm at? And you start looking at the necessary steps you have to take. But in a long, in a very long-winded answer, I'm sorry, I, I, again, I work in radio. It's just something that I, it, I get on a rampage, I get on a roll, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I have to yield my time. But really, truly, I, I learned a lot being from a small town. And I've taken advantage of every opportunity that's been given towards me that I work for. And, you know, I just want to keep that. I got to keep that momentum and that energy going. Absolutely. You said it was a lot, it's a lot to unpack. And what you said, Nick, how would you say, you, you know, you transitioned from, from high school to college and maybe college to life? Yeah, certainly. So I definitely agree with what Damien mentioned about, Coming from like a small town, you know, that's really all you kind of know until you have the opportunity to have some exposure. And so I really credit my exposure to being a part of Trio Upper Bound because I do think that had I not been a part of that program, there would be a gap missing somewhere in my life as far as like my educational pursuits. And so, as I mentioned, like going to Bibb County High School where, you know, there's a percentage where a lot of students don't really go off to higher education, which, you know, that's fine. As I said earlier, as long as you're being a productive citizen, that's, that's the goal. But I think like for me, I knew I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I knew I uh, had some goals ahead, ahead for myself. I knew I had great plans for my future. And so I knew I could not achieve them just staying kind of like stagnant where I was at. So I knew that that probably wasn't the place I needed to remain. So I, you know, transitioned to Montevallo again. I had a leg up once I did transition into undergrad because I was kind of already acclimated with the campus because of my participation in Upward Bound, which is a house on, you know, UM campus. So when I transitioned into higher education, I kind of, you know, already, I wouldn't say I was prepared for the rigor because I definitely was not prepared for the course rigor when I would transition my first year. But I will say I was prepared as far as having the opportunity to live on campus for Bound Exposed us to that. 
or, you know, just having the capability to, you know, make friendships and build connections. You know, they really taught us some of those soft skills that I think a lot of students kind of did. So my, my transition, I will say, freshman to senior year, I definitely sought out opportunities on campus each year to challenge myself, got involved on campus, got plugged in, connected with different people who kind of set me up for success once I, once I graduated. And so when the time came for me to graduate, I actually, you know, got my undergraduate degree in, you know, social work. And so I thought I wanted to practice social work and I did that for about a year. And then I realized that that maybe not be the best deal for me. And so I ended up taking a pivot. I started working in higher ed and admissions as a um, admissions counselor for UM while earning my master's degree in school counseling. And then once I kind of done that, did that, finished that program, I kind of I don't know, got my feel into like what I'm really interested in doing. And I knew it was like serving students and helping them figure out their navigation, like what their plans are going to be for their life. I I always tell them the route that I took may not be the best path for you, but whatever route you take, your journey is personable and you have to make sure that you're doing, you know, what's best for you and not what's best for maybe mom, dad, sister, brother. And so... I kind of think I've kind of found like my lane as to like where I want, what I want to do as far as like in my future. I know I want to continue to serve students, continue to provide them with access to opportunities, just as I was provided those opportunities. I think through exposure, students are able to learn and kind of understand the different backgrounds. Again, as Damien mentioned, I was able to kind of meet from going to, from Bibb County to Montevallo, and that's only what a 20 mile radius, 20 mile difference, but just those 20 miles, I was able to meet different people from different walks of life that come from, you know, all over the world. And they kind of helped me understand their backgrounds and they understand my background. And, you know, I think when it came time for me to really matriculate into kind of like the workforce, right, I kind of already knew how to communicate in those spaces or work with those, work with people who come from those different walks of life because I had that experience as an undergraduate. And again, I do credit it, one, two, being a part of TRIO because it allowed us early on, it allowed me early on to have that exposure to teach me how to adapt in, you know, in definitely different situations because I did not get that from my hometown. Mm. So between both responses, in terms of higher education, there are limitations across the country in terms of enrollment and retention. One of the things I definitely want to address in this small roundtable that we have is retention. So we got accepted into college. We all navigated through that. What was the motivation for for you all? So we, we all go through different things. As Nick said, we all um, have our different backgrounds. I know for me personally, towards the end of undergrad, we had a lot of family issues going on. I lost my granddad. That was tough. You know, he had, he was, he was actually living with us for a while. And so that weighed in right before, you know, graduation. What, what are some of the things that keep you all motivated or kept you motivated as a black male in college to, to finish? Uh, well, for me personally, I just, I mean, there was just too many things I wanted to accomplish. And I knew that, and like I had to stay in, no matter how difficult it was, 
I had to stay in it to the end. A lot of people are, you know, externally motivated, and some people are internally motivated. I just knew that there were certain things I wanted to accomplish that I couldn't if I worked at, if I worked top. And I will say, being an athlete, there's certain GPAs we had to meet and certain course requirements that we had to take. And really and truly, I I felt as though I had too many people around me to to not let me fail. If that makes any sense, like I just had too too many people, had too many teammates that, okay, like, I'm not going through this by myself. So a lot of times in, in life, we have a tunnel vision of, you know, like, we stick to our grind and we got to, you know, I got a blinders on when I look to the mm-hmm. left, when I look to the right. But sometimes when you take a step back and look at the big picture, you realize, oh, I'm not in this alone. You know, I we had all types of different resources and things at our disposal at Birmingham Southern. I just felt year in and year out, no matter how frustrated I may have been athletically, on the academic side, I know I had a bunch of people that were in my corner that wanted to see me succeed, that, you know, genuinely wanted to watch me grow. And I just, I felt that it was a certain sense of, I wouldn't say pressure, but it was a certain sense of, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to let myself down, but I also don't want to let that person that's given me all this information or all these different resources and let them down too. So for me, it's all about, you know, it's all about the grind. Like I enjoy the process. You know, you hear about a, you know, a bunch of teams say trust the process, trust the process. And that's exactly what it, what life is, really. Every single day, you're stressing the process of, you know, any. I, I, I look at it like this. Every day is a chance to have a great day. Every day is a great day. Any day that ends in Y is a great day. And you have that decision to make as soon as you wake up in the morning. You know, you can wake up, have a different mindset of, oh, man, you know, it's just, like, for example, today, it's Cinco de Mayo. Like, everybody probably woke up in a, in a happier mood, cheer, a cheerful mood. Well, today is no different from yesterday waking up, May the 4th, for me, because I'm just as excited to attack today as I was the day before. Now, I'm, I'm human just like anybody else. There are some days that are a little bit more, you know, a little tougher than others, but that's a part of life. That's a part of living. You know, not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows, but if you can find a way to, I mean, sometimes you got to dig a little bit deeper. And for me personally, I just felt as though like, I had too many people around me supporting me and my self-motivation to, like, I just couldn't let anybody down. And I didn't want to let myself down. So I saw it all the way through. Got a chance. Got a chance to get a degree from a great school. I, I mean, arguably, if we're, if we're comparing, I think, you know, Birmingham Southern is the best school on the planet. I know it's the best school in the state, hands <laughs> down. But, you know, if we're you know comparing apples and oranges, I, you know, I think Birmingham Southern's up there as far as elite. So I got a chance to get a degree from somewhere that, that, means, that means something. Yeah, I would say definitely, I think the thing that kept me motivated the most was I always kind of kept my eye on the prize. Like I always, I knew like from the day, the moment I set foot on campus at Montevallo my freshman year, I knew I had to see it through. You know, you hear like statistically that, you know, there's a high dropout rate for African-American men. And I kind of knew that I didn't want to be a part of that stigma. Um, I knew that I wanted to see it through. I knew that what the odds were kind of stacked against me for being a black male, especially on a predominantly white campus, I knew that going in, like, okay, I definitely want to change this trajectory, especially for me. Like, I want to see it through. And so having a support system definitely helps a lot. Not only did I have my family cheering me on, I surrounded myself with a group of friends who also had the same goals in mind. 
We mm. probably were not in the same degree programs, but we all knew that we wanted to graduate someday. Like we would attend graduation for our mm. other friends that were maybe, you know, classes ahead of us. And we were like, we can't wait for that moment where we're able to walk across that stage and get that piece of paper that we worked so hard for. And so I think the motivator for me to see that, and, you know, I've definitely experienced some things throughout my uh, four years of college, but I couldn't let that get me down. And then my support system also would not let that get the best of me as well. They knew the potential that I had and they encouraged me to, you know, keep going, keep pressing. And so I think, you know, I would just encourage people to surround yourself with people who are like-minded and people who, you know, are ambitious and want the best for you. Another thing, like I just kept in my mind, like it's not personal, but it's personal. And so, you know, when you leave high school and you, you go to college, you, I, I can count on my hand, like the amount of people I still talk to that went to high school with me. And it's not personal, but at the same time, when I think about like my growth, right? Like I, it's, you know, it just, it just happens. And there's no love loss. Like, I still love them, but we just don't talk every day. And so it's just like you, your mindset, it changes and it shifts. And um, it's not saying that you're better than the next person. You're not. You're just in a different mind space. And that knowing what I wanted to do, knowing the, the end goals I had in mind, knowing what uh, was before, uh, what was ahead for me, that kind of keeps me motivated. Even now, even when I was doing my master's program, and even when I started, you know, doing the doctoral program, I kind of knew, like, I wanted, this is what I want to do at the end of the day. I want these, I want these credentials behind my name. I know that they can, you know, for my career field, uh, set me up for success. And so that's what really keeps me motivated to, you know, see it through as far as you know, my education and being a a black male. Right. Right. So both of you guys kind of spoke on accountability, you know, you you reach those or you reach out to groups that hold you accountable. You surround yourself with graders is the way I've always heard it. And I know Damon spoke on that. And then Nick spoke on the accountability circle moving forward. I live by the phrase inspire, before I expire, that's something I, I really take to heart. It's something that, you know, I, I like to push into the people that I meet. So how do we inspire the next generation? We had these accountability groups or we established these groups. We had motivational circles or we had people to support us. We knew that we were not going to not graduate. How do we inspire the next generation of minority students or or just students in general, male and female? How do we inspire the next generation? Uh, For me, to me, it's just like you, like we said earlier, like the more exposure that they have. And I think it's something I'm not going to knock the the students of this generation, but a lot has changed since even we have gone through the academia, the academic curriculum and just certain things. Really, life has changed for a lot of us you know, you're coming through a pandemic, like we didn't have to experience a school, a school year basically just ended and not really knowing, you know, what the world was going to do for a period of time. And you look at some key development moments in life that these, you know, these younger generations didn't really get a chance to do. They didn't get a chance to really, truly, I say this is like the, the, the peak of the social media age where if it's not on TikTok, a lot of these kids don't even know some of the information. And it's kind of one of those things where, 
we are surrounded by information all the time. All we have to do is literally hop behind a computer, look at our phones. Right? We're always exposed to any of this stuff. And it's really and truly just making use of the times and learning what you want to learn. And, I mean, I, I look at I try to I tie everything back to athletics. You know, a coach can only do so much for me in my development as a receiver or my development as a player. Eventually, it's going to get to a point whether I have to make the decision whether I want to be coached or whether I want to be better, whether I want to improve on certain things. Mm-hmm. And how can I become a better receiver if I'm watching a running back do his job? Mm-hmm. I have to watch other receivers. So a, a guy that, you know, I, I really took a liking to when I was, you know, in my playing days with Stephon Diggs. He's a receiver. During the time he was playing for Maryland, finished at Maryland, and was a fifth-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings. And I remember during a period of time, about 2017, 2018, he was just, I mean, he was lighting it up. And I used to tell people all the time that Stephon Diggs is going to be one of the best receivers to ever play if he continues on this path. And I was saying that in, like, 2016. When he, 2015, 2016, he was just getting out of Maryland because I was like, I, I, I study receivers. He has the intangibles of being great. And then you look at him now at Buffalo, you know, helping Josh Allen develop and, and grow. And he's having, you know, his basically career year. Got paid this offseason, got, got that checkup. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's legit that the work that you put in. And I think that for the younger generation, they have to see that the work isn't pretty. You don't have to put everything on social media, oh, I'm grinding. Again, I, I may be speaking more towards the athletes, but even just in, in life, not, not everybody has to see the work that you put in. Something that I've learned along the way and something that one of my co- co-workers, uh, Cole Cuba, the guy that does the SEC Network, that's how I reported for the SEC Network, one of the greatest guys I've, I've ever really worked with, he says all the time, the work will present itself. I don't have to ask. I shouldn't have to, you know, come back and remind somebody like, hey, man, you got to do this, you got to do that. If you want it, you'll go get it. And if you really want it, you'll work for it. Nothing nothing is ever given to you out there. That is something that I feel as though there's a little bit of a mis- misunderstanding that life isn't fair, and it, it, ne- it never has been. And I feel as though sometimes when I talk to, you know, kids from the younger generations, they kind of have this mindset of, okay, I did everything right, then I'm supposed to receive this. No, I mean, sometimes in life it's just sometimes life, it, when it, how we used to say, like, it'd be like that sometimes. And it really genuinely does. But you shouldn't lose any sense of, you know, motivation or get down on yourself that, you know, you still have, have accomplished your goals. Like, I, one thing I've, I learned through a coach was if you say you can't, you never do. And to me, I feel as though there's no such thing as a wrong answer or a wrong way to do something. You just may have found a different avenue or a different lane but yet the goal is still accomplished. Like what they say, there's all there's what nine ways to skin a cat, ten ways to skin a cat, and th- that's how it is in life. The path I took from Maplesville up to Jock nine four five may not be the same person in Maplesville that listens to this and their path going to Jock nine four five may be completely different. They may not have to go to Birmingham. They may go to that other sorry Division three school in Montgomery and still accomplish their thing. But to me, the biggest thing is what we can do. Tell them, but also show them because every single day we're living, we're doing our things, we're, we're living our dreams, we're accomplishing our goals. And really and truly, that to me, that's how I learn. I learn by doing, I learn by watching. Like, okay, well, if he's a multimillionaire and he did XYZ, XYZ, hmm, maybe I should start to follow that trend of XYZ, XYZ. 
oh, he may do, you know, something a little bit different that I may do different. That's where the, the separation comes in, but yet the goal is still the accomplishment. So I say all that to say you learn better, you know better, you do better. That's it. Stay ready. You don't have to get ready. Hey, a wise man said that one time, and I hadn't looked back with <laughs> This question definitely hits home because I kind of see it every day while I'm in my role, like working with, you know, working with students. And right, right. I do think that there has been a shift from the time the pandemic hit in 2020 and students going like remote or students being at home to trying to get our students to get back into the groove of things. I don't know what happened. I mean, I know that was, that was a challenging time, but there was like something that was missed. It's like so hard to kind of sometimes reel a student back in into like, okay, we know the pandemic isn't gone, but like we need to kind of snap back into reality. And reality is you are about to graduate or reality is you are about to fail this class. Or reality is you you need to be more accountable. Like it's like almost like our sometimes students do not have a reality check of what's going on. And I also think it has a lot to do with and there's nothing wrong with this, but I do think in a sense metaphorically, our students have been or our our this generation has been like almost handicapped. Like we've they've been given everything and you know, when you've been given everything and you don't really have to work hard for it, it's kind of hard to, when it comes time for you to put in hard work, you may not know what that looks like because everything has been handed to you. And I'm not saying that I sort of, I literally had to work for everything that I've gotten, but I mean, I do feel like I remember days where, you know, literally when it was time for scholarships to be submitted, sitting, you know, in Mary Jo Bus office, 12 o'clock at night, getting the stuff done because we knew like mm-hmm. we had to be on the grind. We had to get it done. But, you know, you can't really expect the same thing from, I, I guess, like students right now. And so what has been a learning challenge for me is we definitely have to meet students where they're at and, and kind of build them up from there because it's just a lot that has been missing. And I do agree, you know, with what Damien is, is saying. Like, I see it a lot, like, when students want, like, that instant gratification. Um, I think we were talking the other day when we were at the um, career day, and, you know, like, if a student drops a piece of paper on the ground and they pick it up and they go throw it in the trash, they have to let you know, like, I just threw this piece of paper away. And I'm like, okay, well, you just threw the paper away. Like, I need to know that you threw the paper away that, you put on, that, that was on the ground. You know, but it's like, that's what they are used to. They're used to, like, having constant instant gratification. They're used to, like, people, you know, praising them for the smallest things. And sometimes when they may get that rejection letter, it breaks their heart because they haven't been prepared for it. We haven't really, I think sometimes we have done them in a sense of disservice a little bit because they're not really able to kind of understand the big picture. Like, you're going to have, sometimes you're going to have, things, you, everything is not going to go the way that you want it to. Like Daniel mentioned, it's not going to be rainbows and kittens every day. But every day that you have a chance to like, okay, so maybe you got a rejection letter this time. Okay, but that just motivates you to work harder. So the next time you may not get that. You should use that as a motivator, like a motivation factor opposed to like letting that get the best of you. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the recipe is. 
But what I do, like what, what keeps me going, and I think it's been working, I continue to, you know, try to get to learn them and meet them where they're at and try to build them up from there and do my best to, you know, give them my all. And hopefully in return, they're giving me, they're holding their weight. I definitely can't do it all. I can't, you know, I can't do 90% and you do 10. Like it's a, it's a joint effort, right? It's 50-50. You have to put forth some work. Because I would rather, honestly, just being transparent, I would rather invest time in a suit, all of my time in, in someone who is really wanting it, someone who definitely may not have all the answers, but is willing to learn, someone who is teachable, opposed to someone who is just like, okay, well, I'm not doing it. I'm not. Because, I, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, well, I'm not giving up on you, like the person that's like, I'm not doing it. But if you're not going to do it, then I can't waste my time either. And so I think sometimes, you know, there is definitely going to have to be some sense of like tough love taught to the future generation because they're definitely capable. Capable. These students are very bright. They're smart. They're ambitious. You give them a phone, they can show you some things that you don't even know how to do on your phone. And I feel like I'm, you know, right there with them, you know, like I feel like I'm kind of tech savvy, but <laughs> then there's things that I don't even know that they show me. So I know that they, they're bright, they're smart, they're able to learn. It's just that we have to continue to motivate them to see the big picture, to know that, okay, after you leave these four walls of, of middle school, high school, whatever, wherever you may be, you have to be doing something. Like there needs to be some type of plan in place for you. So they're, again, they're capable, they're, they're smart. I learn a lot from them. They teach you, I learn from them every day, but we have to continue to motivate and help them kind of see the bigger kids. So where can our listeners find you all? Oh, me, man. They can find me every morning from 6 to 10 on Jocks 94.5, but social media-wise, Instagram, Damien.Mitchell6, Twitter, at RunDM6. You can find me on Facebook, Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. And, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty active. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm on Snapchat. I don't know if the kids are still out here, you know, Snapchat and anything. I know you used to get a bunch of trouble back in the day, but um, yeah, that's Run DMC. Like I'm, they can they can feel free to reach me at any time, man. I'm I'm pretty much a, an open book. I will say, since I have gotten older, and I know y'all kind of agree with me on this as well, I answer emails probably a lot quicker than I do anything else. Like I I, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what age. I don't know what age where like now email has become like a, a source of contact information, a real contact information, but feel free to email me at Damien.Mitchell at Cumulus.com. C-U-M-U-L-U-S.com. Um, that's my work email. And yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having this too, man, because I'm just sitting back reminiscing on things that I've just indirectly learned from just working, being in trio and like, People don't understand that, and I gotta, I gotta give these these people their flowers while while we still got them. The two women for sure that that ran the ship while we was there, Miss Mary Jo Buck and Miss Sharon Gilbert. I don't care what nobody say. I've had coaches that aren't as tough <laughs> as Miss Mary Jo Buck. Like I've had coaches. I was like, man, if Miss if Miss Buck knew how to coach football, she would probably be close to Nick Saban level because the expectation level she had for me and the way she used to. Like, the one thing I never wanted to do was be on the receiving end of one of her girls. Like, I just, That's I it. never, I never wanted to be on the opposite end of that. And I just remember, in my in my mind, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to D1. Like, you know, I, I can, all I need to do is get the bare minimum of a grade. 
And I'll never forget, there was one Super Saturday where Miss Buzz, she sat me down. She closed the door. I'm like, oh, it's going to get on and popping in here. Like, she, she's going to let me know something. And she was, I'll never forget, she looked me square in the face and said, I'm not about to sit here and let you waste all this potential because you, you're banking on a football scholarship. I'm like, oh, this, oh, okay. Like, she, she, she for real. She's like, Damien, you are one of the smartest, brightest young men we have in this program. And she was like, yes, you can do all, you can have all the success you want athletically. She told me, like, when it comes down to it, what they won't be able to take away from you is your degree. And she sat me down, like, that was towards the beginning, of the, like, going into my senior year. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I guess I do need to kind of buckle up. And she just kept mo- kept me motivated, kept me growing. And all of a sudden, when I remember letting her know that, you know, I'm going to Birmingham Suns, and I just remember her having just, like, uh, the one of the brightest and just biggest smiles because she – she knew that I, I finally buckled down and took it serious and then realized how much potential I really had in me. And I could always, always thank Miss Buck for everything. As far as academics and really buckling down and wanting to see people succeed and be well-rounded, not just, you know, in their, in our respective fields, but just be real, well-rounded human, that woman right there, I always give a look. Now, Miss Gilbert, she was the first woman, she was probably the first woman I'd ever known that was, other than my mama, like, I just knew she didn't talk. Like, it's just something about the way she walked, the way she looked. I, if there was ever a question of what I wanted a leader to look like, it was Miss Gilbert. Because Miss Gilbert, I, I remember who was coming up with Miss Gilbert say, jump, you jump. Like, that, they wasn't no hands <laughs> if a but about it. Like, she had everything ironed out to the teeth. And she she wasn't born yesterday. She was, she was many things, but she wasn't no fool. Like, she didn't tolerate none of the foolishness, none of the BS, and she knew that if you represent her trio program, oh, we are going to be the highest of the highest standards. And that is something that I really, I, I mean, I wish these kids would have gotten a chance to be, to meet, especially those two right there. They were, they are instrumental for a lot of success, a lot of successful people that we have just in our friend group or just people that we came across when we were up around. Like, we all know we all know about Miss Gilbert. She did not play. She did not mess around. I mean, she liked to have her fun, but it was time to get get in line and get together. Oh, we, we knew who was running the show. We definitely knew who was running the show. So I definitely wanted to give my chance right then to give Miss Mary Jo Buff and Miss Sharon Gilbert nothing but love for what they what they mean to me and what they've done for me uh, individually just in my life amongst everything that I've, I've, I've achieved, everything that I've gotten the chance to to have in my life, and I, I owe a lot to to them. So I definitely thank you for this opportunity. I think this was really, really great, inviting us to share our experiences and our journey. But just to piggyback off, like what Damien said, married a uh, Miss Buss and Miss Gilbert were definitely vital in my journey in the upper bound. But even you know, in college through my graduate program, and even now, like you know, your big some of your biggest cheerleaders came from Trio Upper Bound. And so I definitely want to give them their credit as well for, you know, all that they've done. Definitely, even now, like they're still doing for me, you know, it's, they're, just, they're, they're just a phone call away. And the thing I love most about it is, you know, you sometimes hear different programs or, you know, different people say, use the word family, you know, it's just tossed around sometimes very loosely. But I can truly say, like, being a part of Trio Upper Bound 
it was a family. Like you meet different people and you build kind of that rapport and relationship with not only the students, but the, the staff. And so Ms. Buff and Ms. Gilbert, they knew me as a person. They knew my mom. They knew, you know, my dad. They knew my siblings. They knew where I came from. They knew what I wanted to do. They knew the goals I had in mind. I mean, they just knew you as a person. Like, they've known you from day one, from the day I was born. And so you rarely find people who really invest in you the way that they did. And, you know, you can tell that it's a passion, that they were not there for the dollars that they made. They were there because they believed in us, they invested in us, and they knew the potential that we possessed as students. And so Ms. Buff, Ms. Gilbert, definitely they both have my heart. And I'm just like, I'm immensely grateful to have crossed paths with them, you know, to have them along my journey, you know, from, from upper bound to college to even, you know, like I said, now. I still talk to them, still communicate with them. And it's just like we don't miss a beat. Because, I mean, they know me and they, they, they still cheer me on, like, you know, so I'm just really grateful that, you know, we are able to kind of give back to the program that has really poured a lot into us, like really invested time, energy, resources into my life and any way that I can give back or pour back into, you know, our future generation that's coming, that is my goal. Um, I do believe that the the children are the future. That's very cliche, but they are. And so if I can help them in any way or help serve the program in any way, um, I'm definitely going to give, give you know, the program my all because I do believe that Upper Bound laid the foundation for me to be where I'm at now. I still have a long way to go, but I do think that, uh, I know, I don't think, I know the Upper Bound kind of laid that foundation for me to get to the goals that I have and still reach the goals and the potential that I have. So, Absolutely. We appreciate you guys so much for stopping by talking upward and giving those words of wisdom. I'd be remiss if I did not say that the 2010-2014 class of Beard County High School would not have wiped the floor with Maplesville in 2010 to 2014. <laughs> uh, I, hey, you know, um, maybe so, maybe so. I guess it's a matchup that we, we never got a chance to see. But I, all I know is during a period of time, <laughs> number six was out there for that Mapleville. I don't know, I don't know if it would have been a nice showing for Bibb County to lose to a 1A school, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I take, I take my lump. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, we appreciate you for stopping by. Y'all have a good one. Hey, y'all too, man. Thank y'all so much. You too. All right.